until you've gotten to that severe level of success to where you can have the free time or you have the free time to hashtag do all the things yourself, you have to learn to delegate and you have to learn to build a team so you can focus on the things that only you can do. Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategy to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. Welcome back entrepreneurs to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladdy. I'm pumped and pleased to be here before you as I always am. We're continuing on in our series here on the podcast on building a team and learning to delegate so that you can focus on the things that will help to give you your time back in the business so you can do the things that only you can do. So often and way too many times and I've been in this seat so I know how hard and how much and how long as a solopreneur or a content creating entrepreneur, even if you have other roles uh, in your business filled out, when you really start to focus in and you start digging down uh, and really rooting and creating a video content marketing model, then you have to get your team on board with the stuff that you're doing for your video creation process. Well, that's not going to happen if you don't have systems and that's not going to happen if you keep having to do everything yourself until it's perfect. If you keep having to do it yourself because nobody's going to do it quite like you or nobody's going to give you that essence or nobody's going to do it, you know, and refine it to that point. And uh, it's interesting because I, I was watching this episode that my buddy sent to me because we were having kind of this conversation and it was on digital spaghetti, I think it's called. And the episode talked about his interview with uh, Casey Neistat, who, if you're not familiar, he is a, a very successful YouTuber, content creating entrepreneur, and became very popular on YouTube with his storytelling uh, using essentially vlogging. And so he's really revolutionized a lot of people's lives through the way that he creates. Now, in this interview, I'm getting about halfway through. And I'm starting to understand and I see why sometimes force a lot of people toxic traits that may be okay for one person starts to get shared around like this is the way. This is the way. And this is not the Mandalorian. So this is not the way, right? So This is the way. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, but at the level that Casey Neistat is at, he's making enough money. He can edit his own videos. He can afford to. It's, and it's like until you've gotten to that severe level of success to where you can have the free time or you have the free time to hashtag do all the things yourself, you have to learn to delegate and you have to learn to build a team so you can focus on the things that only you can do. And I, I get where Casey was talking about where he was sharing that uh, his podcasts aren't the same. It doesn't have that same essence, that vibe. It's not he's not able to have that lightning captured in a bottle in the same way. And I think he uh, described him working with the same editor that edits Mr. Beast's YouTube as well, YouTube videos. The thing is, it, 
this stuff takes time. It, it takes time. And a few months isn't enough time. And sometimes the impatience just isn't there. And again, at the level of success that he's established in his business and his company and his life, he can afford to edit his videos himself. Most people don't fit that category. That's why I kind of like, I, I fight back against that thought. Well, it's not going to be the same unless I do it. And I, I trust me, I used to do it the same way. It's like, I don't know how to teach somebody how to show. It's like, I want this essence, this vibe, this whatever. When most of the time, the lightning that you think you've captured in a bottle is not that. It's just a mayonnaise in a bottle. It'll be fine. You can you duplicate that. <laughs> it's replicatable. It's duplicatable. But if you don't have the systems and stuff to build that out, and again, there is something to it. Don't get me wrong. There is something to it to you doing it yourself because you developed that system, but that process takes time. And if done right, you can hire and build a team and have people do stuff that's way better than you ever could because they're tapping into their own zone of genius. The book, uh, The Big Leak by Gay Hendricks, talks about being in your zone of excellence and being in your zone of genius. For a lot of content creating entrepreneurs, yes, you can do certain things yourself and that may be you in your zone of excellence. You can do it and it'll be great. Make it great results from it because it's you. But your zone of genius may be something at a higher level that it truly is something that only you can do. Zone of excellence work is the stuff that anybody can do. Zone of genius work is something that only you can do. For example, there are certain things that my virtual assistant has created. I don't have that creativity in that way. Like I wouldn't have thought about that. Um, there are certain things with friends. I wouldn't have thought about it that way when they're creating something. Certain things with my video editor. I never would have thought to do that uh, at that particular point in the video or with that, you know, creative style or with that joke or whatever. I never, never crossed my mind. And so you can start to create a much better product because it's a collaborated product. And the more that you start to understand this, the more you start to delegate and really to the point of delegating and creating some autonomy and freedom in the creativity and the work, then you can start to see your business really scale at a level that you've never seen before. So I want to go through these points uh, that we have here. And the first one is identifying roles and tasks for delegation. What are you struggling with the most? What do you hate doing? The easiest thing to say is, yeah, hire what you hate. Hire the stuff you hate to do. But at the same time, it's like, what are you really struggling with? The way I knew I needed to hire a virtual assistant, I hired my first virtual assistant when I still worked full time at the bank. And what made this so pivotal is, number one, I was able to start building and establishing systems. And I remember I still kept those old Asana boards. It was a real hectic and hellish process. It wasn't streamlined and it didn't make sense. And I didn't understand the things that I understand now. And I didn't have the skills that I have now that I've developed in the process of making things better. But it had to start with me figuring out what are some of the things I hate. For example, I hate dealing with email. I hate it. There are some things that at a point in a conversation, it does require for me to tap in or it requires my feedback or engagement or whatever. That's fine. But at the point to where I'm having to do the whole thing, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. And I'm just not loving it at all. I was like, I can't reply to emails like that because I would have to do them on my phone. I could do it on the work computer or bring my own computer. And I used to do that a lot. And so one of the things is the time that it takes. And so it's very different trying to do stuff mobile. Yes, you can. It doesn't mean it's always effective and efficient to do. So I'm like, I need somebody to reply to this stuff when I can't. I need somebody to work for me when I can't. 
and dealing with the stage four endometriosis, there are a lot of times when I just can't. And then you have to think about just being a human. There's times when you just don't want to, you're exhausted, you're tired. Why not hire somebody that loves to do that stuff? They love to talk to people. They love to edit stories. They love to craft stories. They love to see and put something from the raw product to the storyline. They love to add in all these little different things and look at the finished product and be, and have the feeling of pride because of their creativity is manifested in this body of work. Why would you keep doing the things that's hellish for you if you hate them? Hire it out. You don't even have to start at a part-time or full-time. You can do what we call flex time, or at least what I call flex time. When I'm teaching this uh, in the course, the Building a Team course, I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, as well as in the description if you're watching the video version of this podcast. But what happens is you'll have what's called flex time. So for example, my thumbnail person is not a full-time or a part-time person. They're a flex time person. We need X number of thumbnails per week, per month. This is the, the flow of what we need, or this is the, the efficiency. So you can t continue to take on other clients, whatever. Uh, we've hired on video editors where their time is just part-time. And so that, yeah, that's that 24, 25 hours or less a week. We're usually always hitting that 25 hours minimum threshold. And then of course, full-time is 40 hours plus. So it doesn't change from corporate style work to traditional, unless you may change it. So maybe your full-time is like 37 and a half or something. Some people do that. But regardless, hire what you hate. And if you don't have enough to hire somebody for the full thing, start off with one video per month. You can still do the other three if you're doing one video per week, but that way that's one less that you have to worry about. And maybe you're going at a pace that's slow enough to where you can start getting ahead on videos that you maybe want to do three months out from now but it's not a, a right now have to be done video. And so there's time for them to learn your process, your system, uh, to get your vibe and your essence and, and adapt the culture of your content. The other thing is who is the person that would best fit that role? So is it a virtual assistant? Do you need a thumbnail person? Do you need, you can hire somebody just on Fiverr and just keep going back to that same person. That's possible. You can go to Upwork and just keep going back to that same person. That's possible, but also have clear, job descriptions and expectations for what you want that person to do. Like I said, for the thumbnail person, we'll have, we need these many thumbnails per month or per week or whatever. When do you expect to have them by? What's the average turnaround time? That's the expectation that these need to be done by. The more systemized and efficient you are, the better you can help that person work even more so. It's even more so important when they don't work for you full-time. So when you do have somebody that's full-time, it's even more important because they need to know where their time is going. And so as we find gaps and loopholes or things may fall through the crack, we always pull it back together, not because I'm so great and I figure things out, but because I invite my team to help problem solve. So one of our core values uh, in the business is be a problem solving initiator. Everybody is responsible for being a problem solving initiator. That's not just to say when I find a problem, then I'll tell everybody what to do kind of a thing. It's if you identify a problem or you see somebody else struggling with something, let's discuss it. Bring it up. I always tell my team, you cannot hurt my feelings. I'm My feelings would be more hurt if something doesn't get said and we just keep letting something get passed by, keep, keep passed by, and then somebody gets frustrated or everybody's getting mad in the background and nobody knows what the hell is going on or I don't know what's going on. Maybe everybody else does, but I don't. And I'm like, why didn't you say something? Why did you say something? So be a problem solving initiator. If you identify a problem, 
bring a solution to the table with it. It doesn't have to be the thing maybe that we execute on, but it's an option. It's like we could do this or start here. Sometimes I'll come to a point like, for example, we were having issues with our review process and it was just taking a long time for me. Stuff was backing up, which means the files and uh, the backlog is, uh, is piling up and it's my fault because I'm not reviewing stuff fast. And I'm like, this is a problem. I know it's pissing everybody off and I'm sick of it. What we, here's what I think. 24 hour turnaround time. Something gets uploaded within 24 hours. I'll review it and we're done and move it to at least it needs to be re uh, reviewed or have a revision or it's approved. So that way we're constantly at the speed of what we're producing. Stuff is just flowing. Then there are times where uh, I remember specifically, it was a time where it was just like, we had so much stuff that got backed up. I sent nothing back for revision. It was such a failure on my end. I'm not sending anything back for revision because nobody deserves to receive those kind of complications because of your failings. So be, if you're being a problem solving initiator, let's initiate the solution. How are we going to help solving it? We're going to do some episodes on like, I'm going to share with you my core values in the company and just how these things work when it comes to building a team, uh, developing a culture in the company so that it's not just you say do and then people do kind of stuff that doesn't work very well. Obviously you have your divisionary in the business, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just a do what I say kind of camp. It don't work like that. That's not the best way to build a team. So you want to identify the roles and the tasks for delegation, but make sure you identify clear job descriptions and expectations. Number two, finding and hiring the right virtual team members. And I emphasize the right virtual team members. For example, I needed to pull on a second thumbnail person uh, just because of the availability, availability of the first person. And so I'm like, okay, this is, we need to fill this gap. We need to find a way to find a solution. I'm identifying a problem and I'm like, good intentions. It's not working out here with the timing. It's like, we need to have somebody else fill in that, that, that gap of time. And so I'm like, okay, hiring the right person doesn't mean just hiring somebody that's eager and anxious. When I put out a job application, like I'll put one up, then I get a ton of hits. And sometimes you get a ton of replies and applications just because somebody wants to do the job and they're like, oh, I got these examples. Let me send you this and get you the, I can start today. I can do a project for you and do whatever. It's just like sometimes people don't qualify. A good many of amount of times people don't qualify for the role, whether the experience isn't there, the depth and the quality of the work isn't there, um, or just it, it could be, you know, a number of things. But those are usually like the top two. So hiring the right person and sometimes it's being patient to hire the right person, especially once you've identified again if something isn't working. So don't be afraid to have to rehire if a salute if you're find yourself in a position where something isn't working. It is okay. The one thing I will have you give cause to, don't just discard, dismiss, and like, don't throw away people. Especially like for me, like my team is remote uh, and my team is overseas. Uh, the one thing I've noticed and I've asked, I've had enough interviews across a lot of different positions that I'm hiring for. And I've, I always ask uh, different detailed questions to make sure I'm getting honest answers and really have a conversation to get to know this person, but also understand what their experience has been with U.S. employers as well, especially being a U.S.-based employer. 
one of the things that I find is just people find it easy to dismiss them, not pay them, don't care if payments are late and don't care if that person's quality of life is sufficient or not. They just don't have that level of care. They just don't. They just feel like somebody's dismissible. And I saw this recently in uh, for this company that I was watching some reviews for their, their work. And the CEO said that sometimes in the labor force position, you know, grass cutting, lawn services, stuff like that, which is around what his company was around, that they're not giving benefits, they're not cared for, and they're dismissible. That's the culture of what that industry is like and how he chose to do things differently, pay a better wage, include a benefits package, number one, but include a good and sufficient benefits package so that the quality of life for his people could be better. It should be no different for you as a remote employer. And you have to think of yourself not just like a one-to-one, but imagine yourself as a corporation and an entity because you are. And how you work with your people matters than just having people to do stuff. Or you're like, oh, it don't matter. I'm just going to get another one. Eh, that's not a great attitude to have at all. And I mean like at all. So finding and hiring the right person is ideal. So sometimes that means being patient, but also identify like the skills and the stuff that's needed. So when you're outlining the, the stuff that you hate to do, what are the things that have to be done? Talked about this in the previous episode of how you like you go through the process creating SOPs. I highly encourage you to check that episode out. But when you're going through and you're figuring that area out, make sure you figure out like what are the things that are essential for this role? Hell, ask ChatGPT at this point to give you a synopsis. What are the basic tools for a content creating entrepreneurs whose focus is this and give the details and then like give me a list of things that they could do. Give me 20 things. I always like to use a numbered list. Give me 20 things that it could that they could do. And then see which one of those you identify with more. The other thing is start searching before you need them. Because if you wait until you are, oh, I did this so bad. I think this was in uh, 2021, if I recall correctly. And it was either in 2020 or 2021. I feel like it was 2021 where I finally was building a team like a full-fledged it, not just having a VA or whatever, but how like building a team. And I'm like, man, I was thinking, what are who what who who do I need faster? Do I need a video editor faster that's full time? Do I need a, a virtual assistant that's faster, like faster and, and, and more? And I decided I needed both. <laughs> I'm like, cause I had I had waited way too long. I had been told by my mentors, you need to just why are you still doing this stuff? Just been talked to my friends that have hired people. I'm just slow, just slow to action. And that pride is expensive. Pride is very expensive. Your video edit, edits aren't that great. Your conversations and communication is not that great to where you cannot hire somebody else to do them. Pride is very expensive. And it's not just expensive monetarily to the money that you waste because you can't get to something or you miss deadlines or whatever the case is. So I was like, I need both. I'm going to have to figure it out and factor in so I can get both because I need both full time. I can't have two part time people because I'm still going to be doing a bunch of stuff. I'm like, I need two full time people. I'm like, that makes sense. And so now we're at the point I'm like, OK, I need a full time virtual assistant. My assistant needs like a second a junior assistant or what have you. And then I'm like, I need an editor. And I was like, we really do need a second full time editor now. And then I'm like, OK, we need a thumbnail person. 
But it's like either we need to move this to part time, full time kind of a thing and not just a thumbnail person. And I'm like, OK, expanding the role as you get better clarity and as you uncover more of your needs. I'm like, we need we need, really need a graphic artist on board. We need a graphic designer in the company that can just handle all those different things that take stuff off virtual assistance plate. And I'm like, OK, so filling out the areas of the business, that stuff matters. That stuff matters. So as you identify the what you need, start searching for people before you need them. Number three, managing and motivating your virtual team. I feel like I did this the worst of all the things uh, when figuring out and that's established, effective and clear communications. That was the first thing I figured out that I needed to do better and understanding how, just how important that was. The other thing that I learned with effective and clear communication I use Grammarly. Grammarly is a free tool plugin that you can use through your browser. And the best thing that it has for me is the tone. The thing that lets me know, is this giving off an aggressive mean like tone or is this giving off a jovial, happy kind of tone in the how I'm writing something? Because for me, I'm just a plain Jane, straightforward, pure black and white. And so there are times where it's like, yes, you'll hear that heightened emotion and joy and all those things in what I'm saying. But at the same time, for most of the time, 80% of the time it's not <laughs> new camera come out. Oh, we jovial. We all for it. 80% of the time. It's like, we need to do this. This is falling flat. This is not working. Um, it's like, or we need to make this change, whatever. And it's just sometimes depending on, and this is the other area of understanding the personalities of who you're working with and learning your people, not just having them work for you, but really learning them. It's understanding how do I need to best communicate to this person so that what I say is received clearly and accurately. So I had to understand, like, when I'm saying this and it comes off as harsh, that is not the spirit that is intended. I'm just black and white. And so I'm very analytical with the how I approach things. It's not to say you're in trouble. It's not to say your job is in jeopardy. It's not to say I'm dissatisfied with your performance or something like that. It's simply to say this needs to get done. But also saying that you will know, you will have no questions of when something is out of line or when the ball has been dropped or it's been dropped far too many times. And now we need to have a harsh conversation. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it in the sense of like pretending everything is okay and then, you know, hit you with <laughs> a right jab and you just don't know it's, it's coming. No. We would have had plenty of conversations and discussions so that it's clearly communicated and not written like we're, we're doing this. We're on video. For those of you listening to that, I'm doing the with the two fingers to the eyes and back and forth. Yeah, we, we, we're seeing each other. We're on video call now. We need to have a conversation. And so understanding the tone and how that's received to make sure that what I'm thinking and typing is clear, but that that person receives it in the same way and asking did you feel some kind of way or this feel, does this feel off to you or whatever? So I can learn how to, this person communicates best. One of the good things uh, that I've encouraged you to do, this is something I want to implement uh, soon in the business as well, especially as we bring on uh, new, new people and as we start to uh, build out some other roles in the company, is making sure people do personality assessment tests, not to abuse people or anything like that, but to better understand how they think and how they process so that again, you can have that clear communication and it's not just because you said something, you think they heard it that way. That doesn't always work. 
and that you don't you're not communicating as good as you did. So I've spent years, literal years working on communication to effectively communicate and effectively communicate as clearly as I think that I am. And the other thing is setting clear expectations and providing feedback. This is something that I could definitely work on uh, as an employer is giving regular feedback and giving regular praise. That was something I wasn't doing all the time. I would just say something like it's approved. Yeah, this is great. Or this is dope or whatever. But I wouldn't really share as as much excitement as I truly felt. I just would be like, yeah, this is dope. This is cool. They don't know me one to one like that. We've not been in the same room. We've not hugged. We've not embraced. We've not shared a meal like those things. So you have to do all the things that you can. And so sometimes an audio message is great when communicating that so that they can feel, hear and say and stuff like that or sending a video or, or whatever or getting used to certain emojis being used to communicate certain things. So one of the things I'll say is like, OK, cool beans kind of a thing. So if I'm getting off on saying that, they'd be like, well, there's no beans. It's like <laughs> or, you know, whatever. So um, one of the core values in the company is we execute everything in excellence. So when I say something is excellent or it's that's the bee's knees, then you know you're hitting the top of the charts. I'm like, that is excellent. That's the highest level in the company, the bee's knees hall of fame. And then obviously from a core value standpoint, it's like that's excellent. That's excelling at the standard there. You know, that's hitting where it needs to hit. So those are some of the things. And then, like I said, fostering a positive and a collaborative virtual team culture. I talked about this in the previous episode of inviting your team into helping solve the problems, depending on what all is going on, but regardless, so everybody can help to solve the problem, not you just constantly trying to figure it all out yourself. Because the problem is not just going to be spread amongst you, it's going to be spread out amongst everybody. But that's where I'm going to leave it for this week's episode. I hope that you got value out of this. And if you haven't checked out the previous episode, definitely do so. We talked about some different video systems and workflows. And then this week's talking like more about delegating and stuff like that, because the more that you want to grow into some of these visions and ideas and the stuff that you're having, you need help. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can't do everything yourself. And trying to do it past the point is improper. It's just, it just is. It needs to be said. <laughs> but I'm going to end the episode as I love to end all of our shows. The winds of life blows on us all. But it is how you set your sales. So set your sales accordingly. That guy's a little bit of passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.